Wednesdays and Sundays and then early Sunday mornings. Amen. Okay, let's go to Ephesians 1, 2 to 4. And we will, I ended in this, but I want to go ahead and read this again. So, I don't know about you, but is anybody else hot in here? Because I'm really warm. Okay, wait, turn that on, please, up there. Thank you. I feel like we are in, we're in Florida or somewhere. <laughs> Ephesians. Chapter 1. God delivers from humidity here. Okay. Oh, Father, we come boldly before your throne of grace, and I thank you, God, for this word, this seed that we're about to receive, this food that we're about to receive of. Your word says that your word should be stronger in us than any food that we eat. I'm going to paraphrase this, church. We should hunger after this word than we do, more than we do the, the food. How many realize that? So God, tonight we're hungering and thirsting after you, and I thank you, God, that the Holy Spirit is here to teach us and reveal to each one of us the reign of God's word in every scripture that's spoken. And we thank you, God, that you care so much about each one of us. We're in the last days, and there's not much time left. You are our victory. You're our victory. Greater are you that's in us than he that's in the world. You have already spoiled principalities and powers and made a show of them openly, trying them, triumphing over them in it, Jesus. And as Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. We're following Christ. And I thank you, Father. I thank you for each one that's here tonight. I thank you, Father God, that the children and the youth are being taught and there will be signs following this word. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So Ephesians 1, 2 through 4. Paul, an apostle, special messenger. I'm in verse 1. Of Christ Jesus, the Messiah, by the divine will and purpose and the choice of God to the saints and the consecrated set-apart ones at Ephesus, who are also faithful and loyal and steadfast in Christ Jesus, may grace God's unmerited favor and spiritual peace, peace, <laughs> spiritual peace, <laughs> spiritual peace, <laughs> which means peace with God and harmony, uni harmony, unity, and dis undisturbedness. Let's look at this. God's unmerited favor and spiritual peace, which means peace with God and harmony, unity, and undisturbedness, be yours from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. May blessing, praise, laudation, and eulogy be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ the Messiah, who has blessed us in Christ Jesus with every spiritual, given by the Holy Spirit, blessing in the heavenly realm. Glory to God. I don't know if you can get any better than that. Honestly. Blessed be the God and Father in the King James of our Lord Jesus Christ, 
who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. With all, all spiritual blessings. I want us to turn to Psalms 103 a minute. Verse 1, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeems thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who, who satisfies thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. Glory to God. You see that last one? Who satisfies thy mouth with good things so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles? Your mouth is satisfied with good things so your youth is renewed as the eagles. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. By his words are we justified and by his words are we condemned. So as we speak forth his word, that's what I'm getting out of this. I don't know about you, but we'll go this way on this, okay? Who satisfy thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord executeth righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. He made known his ways of righteousness and justice to Moses, his acts to the children of Israel. Glory to God. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and plenteous in mercy and loving kindness. He will not always chide or be contending, neither will he keep his anger forever or hold a grudge. He has not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. And we can go on down, and then we go to verse, um, verse 19. Oh, let's look down here a minute. It's in my notes, so I... I'm going to go where the Lord wants me to go. It's verse 17, and I'm in the Amplified. But the mercy of the loving kindness of the Lord are from everlasting to everlasting upon those who reverently and worshipfully fear him, and his righteousness is to the children's children. That's something to stand on and confess over your kids. Amen. To such as keep his covenant, hearing, receiving, loving, and obeying it. And to those who earnestly remember his commandments and do them, imprinting them on their hearts. Notice what he says. Remember his commandments. What is the one thing right now that, that our government wants to get rid of? The commandments. And so who, who is going to keep them? You know, if the body of Christ does not tell their children the commandments of God, I guarantee you if, if, if the Lord tarries another 20 years, there, it won't be there. It's not, it's not even going to be there. So much, so much kids don't even know how this country was founded. Kids don't even realize what's going on. It's that bad. You, know, you talk to teachers today and, and things that they're hearing, you know, all these youth that want to... Um, transgenders. How, why? Why is this happening? 
because the commandments have been taken out of our schools. Because the Christian, I, I blame the, I'm going to tell you, I don't blame the world because that's the world. I blame the Christians for this. So this is what he's saying here. Um, but mercy, loving kindness of the Lord, verse 17, from everlasting to everlasting upon those who reverently and worshipfully fear him and his righteousness is to children, is to children's children. To such 18, keep his covenant, hearing, receiving, loving, and obeying it. To those who earnestly remember his commandments, to do them, imprinting them on their hearts. The Lord has established his throne in the heavens and his kingdom rules over all. Bless affectionately, gratefully praise the Lord. You, his angels, you mighty ones who do his commandments, hearkening to the voice of his word. Bless affectionately, gratefully praise the Lord, all you, his hosts, you, his ministers who do his pleasure. Bless the Lord, all his works in all places of his dominion. Bless affectionately, gratefully praise the Lord, oh my soul. Hallelujah. Oh my God, you are so mighty, God. You are so mighty. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, I want to go back to verse 1 through 3 through 4. Bless, the, bless affectionately, gratefully praise the Lord, O my soul, and all that is deepest within me. Bless his holy name. Bless affectionately, gratefully praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not one of all his benefits. Who forgives everyone all your iniquities, who heals each one all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and corruption, who beautifies, dignifies, and crowns you with loving kindness, tender mercy, who satisfies your mouth, your necessity, and desire at your personal age and situation with good, so that your mouth, so that your youth renewed is like eagles, strong, overcoming, and soaring. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Let's still look at Philippians a minute. I know we're off of Ephesians and whatever. We'll go there. Maybe we won't. We did those things last week. So let's look at Philippians a minute. I had a, someone that called me and, and uh, needed counsel this week. And they had a gutter mouth, I'll put it bluntly. Um, they used to know the Lord well. And um, actually, I had to rebuke them. I will not listen to God's name in vain. I won't. And um, tried to pull them back to this spot here in Philippians where it says in verse 6, Philippians 4, 6, Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything, but in every circumstance and in everything, by prayer and petition, def definite request with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. Make your request be made un and known to God. And God's peace shall be yours, the tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ. And so fearing nothing from God and being content with its earthly lot of whatever sort that is, that peace which transcends all understandings shall garrison and mount guard over your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. We need this in this hour. We need 
we need God's peace to transcend all understanding shall garrison and mount guard over your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. For the rest, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is worthy, whatever is reverence and honorable and seemly, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely and lovable, whatever is kind and winsome and gracious, if there be any virtue and excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think on and weigh and take account of these things. Fix your minds on them. Fix your minds on them. On what? What them? Verse 8 in the King James. Whatsoever things are honest. Whatsoever things are just. Whatsoever things are pure. Whatsoever things are lovely. Whatsoever things are of good report. If there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which you have both learned and received and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. Now let's go back to Psalms 103 again for a second. Keep your hand there. Sometimes I wonder why I write notes. I'll tell you why, because it says to study to show yourself approved. Amen. You know, the interesting thing is, and I, I really truly believe this, I believe that God will give a minister a sermon for everybody in the congregation, and then maybe several decide they're not going to come. And so God will, will care so much about those that come that he'll change that sermon for the ones that are there. Seriously. Okay. Let's look at this again. Over here it says, in verse 20, to such as keep his covenant Hearing, receiving, loving, and obeying it, and to those who earnestly remember his commandments to do them, imprinting them on their hearts, the Lord has established his, home, his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom rules over all. Hallelujah. Bless, affectionately, gratefully praise the Lord, you his angels, you, you mighty ones who are commanded, hearkening to the voice of his word. Hallelujah. So we go on here in Philippians. I hope you kept your place there. So we know what we're supposed to think on continually. And it says here, if you think on these things, in verse 9, these things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the peace and God of peace shall be with you. But I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at the last your care of me has flourished again, wherein you also care, were also careful, but ye lacked opportunity. Now he goes on and he talks about, um, not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatever state I am, therefore to be content. In whatever state I am, therefore to be content. Content. Now, we know that 
we're in the last days and we know that things are going to become tougher and tougher in the natural, in the world that we're in. You know, when you get to heaven, ask, ask um, Noah as he was out there building that boat, if things became harder and harder, the closer to the time when the boat was almost finished. Amen? How would you like for all those years to have people mock you? You know, we think that one day of it is hideous. Amen? But he says, I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. I know how to abase and live humbly in straitened circumstances and I know how to enjoy plenty and live in abundance. I have learned in any and all circumstances, now listen to this, the secret of facing every situation, whether well-fed or going hungry, having a sufficiency and enough to spare, or going without and being in want. He hooks this up to verse 11 where it says, I have learned how to be content. I have a circle around that in my Bible. And then I have a line going down here to where it says, and I'm in the Amplified in verse 12, where it says, I have learned the secret. I've learned the secret of facing every situation well, whether well-fed or going hungry, having a sufficiency and enough to spare, or going without and being in want. Verse 13, I have strength for all things in Christ. In, in Christ the Word. I've got the Word printed above this. Who empowers me. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength into me. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. Praise you, Jesus. I, praise the Lord. We need to get excited because we are self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. You know, Pastor did a sermon recently on, I think that was at the singles that he did, the, the, was it the three W's? M's. M's. Upside down W's. A really good sermon. And it says, I seek, he, he says here, in verse 19, And my God will liberally supply, fill to the full your every need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, let's look over here in Ephesians 1, 2, two through 4, where we started out in. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, wherein 
hath he abounded towards us in all wisdom and prudence. Having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself. So we see that in verse, let's see, four, um, four we have the spiritual blessings. Verse 5, he's predestined us. He already has already spoken into existence what we're to do in this time. So we need to walk in that. And how do we walk in that? With his word, through his word. And then in verse 6, he's accepted us. Verse 7, he's forgiven us. And verse 11, which I'll go ahead and read. In him we also were made God's heritage portion, and we obtain an inheritance. For we had been foreordained, chosen, and appointed beforehand in accordance with his purpose, who works out everything in agreement with the counsel and design of his own will. Thank you, Lord. What is his will? His word. So everything's going to be worked out in accordance with his word. That's why people that don't know the word or say, well, you know, God told me this. And, you know, I've had people that I say, well, God told me this. And I'll say, well, where's the scripture for this? I had a person recently that they said God told them they couldn't have a cell phone. And um, a few months later, they don't go into this church. They don't even come here. A few months later, they had a cell phone. And so I said, I thought God told you not, out, not to get a cell phone. <laughs> well, that was for them. And so, and I asked, where is that scripture on this? You know, a lot of people are talking a lot of things saying God told me this. But it's got to line up with the scripture, okay? Ephesians um, 2.6, he has made us to sit. And let's look at this, Ephesians 2.6. And he has raised us up together with him and made us to sit down together, giving us joint seating with him in the heavenly sphere by virtue of our being in Christ Jesus, the Messiah, the anointed one. He did this that he might clearly demonstrate through the ages to come the immeasurable, limitless, surpassing riches of his free gift, his unmerited favor to his kindness and goodness of heart towards us in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Father. He has lifted us up. He has raised us up together. We're already there. Amen? Together. For you are saved, for by grace, in verse 8, you are saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship. Say that to yourself. I'm his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus unto good works. I'm his workmanship created by Christ Jesus. Or created actually in Christ Jesus. Because we're created in Christ Jesus. Unto good works which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. We've been created in Christ Jesus unto good works. That's so powerful. 
He loves us so much that we've been created in him. Where is workmanship? Created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So God has created you in Christ Jesus. Look at this. I want you to really get this tonight. Unto good works. You've been created in Christ Jesus unto good works. That is so powerful when you think about this. 2.10. Well, we already did that. We are his workmanship. It says um, in Amplified, he, he prepared ahead of time that we should walk in them living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. He prearranged it and he made it ready. Just like he, is, he has gone, he said, I've gone to prepare a place for you. He is preparing a, an abode for us for eternity. He knows everything that we like. So he is, he is preparing an abode for us for eternity. That's exciting when you think about that. We must control our thoughts about ourselves. Winners control their thoughts instead of their thoughts controlling them. Winners control their thoughts instead of their thoughts controlling them. I want you to think about this. Thoughts will constantly con try to control a person. It's not Maybe it's something that you haven't even thought. All of a sudden you get a thought. You know, you're going along real well that day. And all of a sudden, boing, this thought hits you. Like, where did that come from? We're to control that thought. That thought is not to control us. So this thought will come. And it's almost always something that we've already done before. Something that got us in trouble before. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be blunt here. <laughs> no man in his right mind is going to look at an ugly woman. Or, you know, like I've heard Jesse DePlana saying, it's hilarious. You know, in some holiness churches, you couldn't wear sleeveless dresses because the man would see your armpits. Any man that is turned on by an armpit, there is definitely something <laughs> wrong with them. Seriously. Some, you're not allowed to shave your legs. I mean, come on. Nobody wants a gorilla. So these thoughts that, you know, I remember pastor's sisters, it was funny. I started laughing. They said, you know, um, David does not care if, he's, if you shave your legs or not. And I said, you want to bet? <laughs> well, he told us that it was okay because I guess his mom didn't have much hair on her legs. He, didn't. he said, ask, you must have asked them one time why they were shaving their legs. They didn't need to. And um, I started laughing. And they said, well, he doesn't care. And I said, I, I don't think so. <laughs> I think I know him a little better than you do. So, I mean, let's face it, you're not going to be tempted. 
to stare at something that's not appealing to you unless you have a real problem with lust. And I've shared with you how the church that we started the school in in Oxnard was down in Port Wyneme and it was near where all the prostitutes were and, and our uh, pastor had been an ex-pimp in Hawaii. He was a black man and, and uh, he'd had his eyeball gouged out with a broken beer bottle. And so he had his church down there and his desire was to get these women saved and get them into another type of work. And so one night after church, we'd stayed after to talk to him about some things. And we went out and he was talking to this late, this woman. And she was old, man. She looked as old as older than me. And um, there was, I, I, I told pastor, I said, surely she is not a prostitute. There's no way. And he said, I, yeah, I don't think so. And so when, when uh, the pastor came, I asked him and he said, oh yeah. And I said, no way. And he goes, yeah, they, they don't, they're so drunk they can't see, so it doesn't matter at night. And I was just appalled. You know, people will do things when they're not, when they're drunk that they wouldn't normally do. You understand what I'm saying? So back to this. So God is, God is always going to make a way of escape. I lost my thought. Come on, here we are. We're on, page, we're on verse 10. Okay. Let me get back there. Thank you, Lord. We are God's own handiwork, His workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths which He prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living the good life which He prearranged that we are ready to live. No, there was things about thoughts somewhere. When winners control their thoughts instead of their thoughts controlling them. So when we have an old thought of something old that, that like smoking cigarettes, I have no desire to smoke a cigarette. The th if the thought came, it would disgust me. You know, but some people, even after they've given it up, still have that desire. And so the enemy will put that on them. Every one of us has some things that, that we know that we need to stay away from and control our thoughts from. Amen. I don't, I don't, it's not my business to check yours out. And it's not your business to check mine out. But we all know what those things are. So we must control our thoughts about ourselves. Winners control their thoughts instead of their thoughts controlling them. We have a choice. Amen. Winners focus on what the Word says. Winners will always focus on what the Word says. A winner in sports, well, you know, if you play sports, you will always go back to, let me put it this way, that's going to be easier to do it. I don't know much about football, but I can, you know, is it the... <laughs> Is it the quarterback that, or is it the coach that makes up the plans? When they're going to go out on the field and they're going to do something, they already have these, these things written up. Am I correct? Speak to me, honey. Okay. So when they go out and they say, we're going to do, 
It's interesting because you see on, they're telling the guy out there, they hold the thing up to their mouth and they tell them what they're gonna do. So nobody else, so people that are, can read lips, okay? So they go out there and they say, we're gonna do uh, 8, 13, 25 or whatever. Well, they need to do it. Well, if, if, if your men have not studied the, that plan or that, what do you call it, that configuration, then they're going to be running around somewhere else on the field, not after the ball. I mean, I've seen that happen a lot, and I've wondered what in the world's going on with these people. So winners focus on whatever the word says. And so to be a winner, we always have to go back to this word. If you play sports, to be a winner, you're going to have to be obedient to what the plan is for the day. Or, and that plan can change immediately. That play can change immediately. So we have to learn how to focus ourselves upon the word of God. We have to focus ourselves and know that God is telling us to do that and do what he says to do and not stray from it. Okay, Philippians 2.5. In the Message Bible, it says, Think of yourselves the way Christ Jesus thought of himself. Think of yourselves the way Christ Jesus thought of himself. Let's look at verse 5. Even when we were dead to sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace you are saved. So we need to... Oh, that's Ephesians. Get to Philippians. Sorry, church. Philippians 2.5 Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Now I'm going to go up a little bit and go up to verse 1 of chapter 2. And I'm going to read out of the Amplified. So by whatever appeal to you, there is our mutual dwelling in Christ. By whatever strengthening and counseling and encouraging our relationship in him affords. But whatever persuasive incentive persuasive incentive there is in love by whatever participation in the Holy Spirit we share and whatever depth of affection and compassionate sympathy fill up and complete my joy by living in harmony and being of the same mind and one purpose having the same love being in full accord and of one harmonious mind and intention, do nothing from faction, no motives. I'm going to go back to the King James in this. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each one esteem others better than themselves. Look not every man to his own things, but every man also to the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, 
but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of man. So we are to, as it says here in verse 5, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. It says in the uh, Amplified, let this same attitude and purpose and humble mind be in you which was in Christ Jesus. Let him be your example in humility. Who although being essentially one with God and in the form of God, possessing the fullness of the attributes which make God God, did not think this equality with God was a thing to be eagerly grasped and obtained, but stripped himself of all privileges and rightful dignity so as to assume the guise of a servant, a slave, in that he became like man and was born of a human being. You know, just that should make us want to cry. He stripped himself of all privileges. When he came to this earth, he was God, man, but he stripped himself of all privileges of God and became a man as we are. That's a heavy thought when you think of it. Why? I'm asking questions. Why? The question is, he stripped himself. He stripped himself of all privileges and rightful dignity so as to assume, to, as to assume the guise of a servant, a slave. So we could be built up in him so we could rule and reign on this earth as he did. What I'm trying to teach you is he did all this for us so we could do all this for him. You ever thought about that? He did all that he did for us so that we could do all for him and be as he was on this earth. Okay? Because my question was too hard. Think of yourself the way Christ Jesus thought of himself. Think on what God says about you in Ephesians 2.10. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven, of things in earth and under the earth. Praise you, Jesus. I don't know about you, but the closer we get to the coming of the Lord, the more close, the, the more desire we should have to be with him in everything, to be lined up, be directed by him, let his word direct us. How do we stay positive? You know, a lot of people live in a very negative atmosphere or work in a very negative atmosphere. And yet, some people that live, that work in the most negative atmosphere, it's amazing to me, they don't let it bother them. They, because they put on Jesus. They refuse to let the atmosphere that's around them, like Paul said, I know how to be a base and I know how to abound, but I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. They don't let that get to them. You know, if you have to, if you're inconvenienced and you have to live on the floor or stay on the, move out of the house or whatever, 
You know, or, or God says, you know what? That person doesn't have a car. Let them use your car. You've got two. Let them use one of yours. Let them use the vet. <laughs> Praise God. Just kidding. Matthew 6, 24. How to stay positive. I always tease Pastor because he chose a 6-speed because he knew I couldn't drive it. I would not, I used to drive four speed, but I would not know how to possibly drive a six speed. And I used to wear out the clutch on my four speed. Okay. I don't like clutches. Okay. Matthew 6, 24. Here we go. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will stand by and be devoted to one and despise and be against the other. You cannot serve God and mammon, deceive or riches, money, possessions, or whatever is, is trusted in. I'm going to read it out of the... King James, no man can serve two masters for either he will hate the one or love the other or else he will hold to one and despise the other. You cannot serve mammon, God and mammon. It's impossible. Everything you do starts with a decision. Everything. How many know that? Everything. Get up in the morning. Is this going to be the day the Lord hath made and I will rejoice in it or am I going to grumble? What's it like outside? Oh, I couldn't believe that people call what we have June gloom. I'd never heard that before this year, all the years we've been here. Oh, it's June gloom. Well, I'm not going to enjoy this day until the sun comes out. You've already made a decision. Hey, these are little things that people decide. And it changes their whole day. God couldn't get in that day if he wanted to. The lies of Satan will have you continue, controlled by circumstances. Do you realize that? Satan will control your every day by circumstances until we come to the point that we are in the word and we, we are going to be joyful. Like, like Paul said, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I said, say rejoice. I think the best... place in the Bible where we see that there's two of them that I think about run right now. One was Joseph. Yeah, Joseph that was favored by his dad and the brothers didn't like it. Well, nobody does. If one's favored, nobody likes it. And so God gives him a dream that his brothers are going to bow down to him. Did he have to tell them that? I, I guess what, brothers? I've just had this wild dream and, and uh, you are going to bow down to me. He already had this coat that his dad made him and now they're going to bow down to him. Well, they, they were out to get him. If you're the youngest one and you had siblings, you know what I'm talking about. If you're the oldest one, then you probably were the ornery one. So those of us that are younger ones in the crowd understand this. 
So Joseph went through one thing after another. I mean, he's trying to, he's, a, he's out there, he goes out to see his brothers, and what do they do? They decide they're going to kill him first, and they see this band of, of these people coming, and, ah, no, let's sell him. We can get money for him. You know, if we kill him, we can't get any money for him, but if we sell him, we can get some money out of this, so let's sell him. Then he ends up in um, Potiphar's house. Was it Potiphar's house? And he had, Potiphar's has this wife that decides that Joseph is some lovely thing to look at, and so he, she's after him. He doesn't yield to that temptation, and she, she makes up this big story, and then he ends up in prison. Everywhere he goes, he become, they put him in authority. And he has these two that come, and he, and he tells them what their dreams mean, and he says, remember me, and they don't remember him, and finally he gets out of there, and then he turns, we know the story. That's one story. And yet, his, what God showed him came to pass, but how long did it take? Then we think of, of Paul. Saul of Tarsus. His, everything that happened to him, was, it was years. But we see that he ends up in prison. Now they had a choice. You know, nobody would like to be in prison, especially the place where they were in, in the prison. But they have a choice. We can sit here and whine and cry and carry on and say how bad this is, or we can choose to praise God no matter what. And so because they started praising God, Psalms 149 and Psalms 150 came into being and people got set free. Amen. So everything we do starts with a decision. The lies of Satan will have you controlled by circumstances. To go with the flow of the word, with, to go with the flow of the world is to live with limitations. I want you to write that down. If you make the decision to go with the flow of the world, it will cause you to live with limitations. How many have ever lived with limitations? It's not fun. But to go with the, Holy, with the flow of God is to open yourself up to unlimited possibilities never before imagined. Unlimited possibilities. So, to go with the flow of the world is to live with limitations. Limitations is when you go with the flow of the world, you think when something happens and someone says, I prayed such and such along with the word, and you say, well, you know what, that's not going to happen. And you want to look at them and just punch them out. I've just prayed this. Yes, it's, it's along with God's word. We have to see ourselves as God sees us. So it goes back to, you must make a decision. What is your decision? Remember the time when Jesus, all the whole town came to him? After someone had been healed, they came to him and all of them were either healed or delivered. And there was a place where they said, you know, this is really good. Let's stay here another day. And he said, no, we are to go on to the next town. But we're moving on. 
And so we have to constantly in, be in tune with what God has, not with the thoughts and the ideas of what the world has for us, but what God has for us. God might not have for you the thing that you think he has for you. He might have a whole new thing for you to be doing. And we have to be open to the word. He wants to constantly bring us from glory to glory. And so we, li we live with limitations, and there's nothing worse than to live with limitations, trust me. Everybody that I know that's gotten themselves where they've decided not to flow with the things of the wor word and instead go with the world's way, they're limitless in areas. But to open yourself up to the flow of God, you're open to unlimited possibilities. Unlimited. Unlimited. You must renew your mind in Romans 12 too. Renew, renew, renew. What does renew mean to you? Let's turn there. We've heard it so many times, we could all quote it. But I want us to look at it. When I think about renew, I think every day I need to renew my mind. Every day there's something new. The Bible says God's thoughts for, towards me are more than all the sand. God is constantly desiring us to show us something. Do not be conformed to this world, fashioned after and adapted to its external, superficial customs, but be transformed, changed by the entire renewal of your mind, by its new ideas and new attitude, so that you may prove for yourselves. Now let's go over to the King James. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So we are constantly transforming and renew, renewing our mind. We should be. Some people say, well, I'm too old now. I'm just, there's no hope, whatever. There's always hope. Remember your responsibility is on you. God's not going to step in and do it for us. You know, God wants you to change this. It says the Holy Spirit is our helper, but we have to step out. When, when Peter was, when they were on the water and it was Jesus came walking on the water and Peter saw him and he said, is that you? And Jesus said, yes. He said, bid me to come. Jesus could have told him, come, but be careful, Peter. Don't look at the water or, or what's going on, because if you look down, then you're going to sink. He bade him to come. When he bade him to come, what Jesus was, come, watch me, and don't look anywhere else. Don't turn to the left, don't turn to the right, but look straight on. That's where most people miss it. They look to the left and the right instead of looking straight on. And as soon as he looked down and as soon as he looked around, he began to sink. He saw limitations. Before he didn't, he was in the boat. He sees Jesus walking on the water. He saw what the water looked like. 
He said, bid me to come. And the minute Jesus said, come, he didn't see any limitations. He stepped out of the boat and he was walking on the water until he looked around and saw what was going on. And then he allowed the limitations, his mind, the thoughts in his mind to build up. And the mind said, you can't do this. Yet he was doing it. He could have walked all the way to shore. He could have walked, you know, he could have just walked right on out there. But instead, he allowed these limitations, what he saw, the five, phys five physical senses, to cause him to have disbelief and doubt. What a person sees, hears, touches, tastes. What's the last one? Hears, sees, touch, tastes what? Smells, yeah. The smell will always get you. 2 Corinthians 2, 4, 16. <laughs> Pastors talked about. So renew, renew. Remember. Remember the responsibility is on you. God won't step in and do it for you. God could have said, Jesus could have said, like I said, Peter, you're going to come out here and you're going to see all this. But he didn't. He wanted him to walk by faith, not by sight. 2 Corinthians 4, 16. I hope you're getting something. Look what he says. Wherefore I beseech you, be ye followers of me. He says, I urge and implore you, implore you, be imitators of me. Look at what Paul's saying here. This is a heavy hour. Heavy, heavy, heavy hour. Let's look at 11. To this hour we have gone both hungry and thirsty. We habitually wear out our undergarments and shiver in the cold and are roughly kicked about and wander around homeless. And we still toil in unto weariness for, for our living, working hard with our hands. When men revile us, wound us with an accursed sting, we bless them. When we are persecuted, we take it patiently and endure it. Is that you? I'm on 1 Corinthians 4. I'm sorry. Yeah, 4, 11, 12. When we are persecuted, we take it patiently and endure it. 13, when we are slandered and defamed, we try to answer softly and bring comfort. We have been made and are now the rubbish and filth of the world, the off-scourging of things, the scum of the earth. I do not write this to shame you, but to warn and counsel you as my beloved children. After all, though you should have 10,000 teachers guide to direct you in Christ, Yet you do not have many fathers, for I became your father in Christ through the glad tidings of the gospel. So I urge and implore you, be imitators in me. For this very cause I sent to you Timothy, who is my beloved and trustworthy child in the Lord, who will recall to your minds my methods of proceeding and course and conduct and way of life in Christ, such as I teach everywhere, in each of the churches. Some of you have become conceited and arrogant and pretentious, 
counting on my not coming to you. And so he goes on. They'd gotten in a mess. The body of Christ, the majority of the body of Christ in this hour is in a mess. I hate to say that, but it's the truth. Why? Because they've allowed the cares of the world to come on them. Because, because well, they don't like us. The world doesn't like us. They're not going to like you. If, they, if the world likes you, there's something wrong. Amen? In Colossians 3.10, this sound like today, last night I read um, Jude. Wow. I was like, whoa. Just turn on Christian TV. Boy, you'll hear all these people that are selling food, preparing for, I don't know what they're preparing for. I guess they plan on staying here. And this food that they're selling looks disgusting. I was thinking about it the other day when someone asked me about buying it, not from this church. And I said, you know, that's fine if you want to buy it. Be my guest because those that get left behind or miss the rapture, at least there will be some place for them to eat for a while. Buy a lot if you're going to do it. Colossians 3.10. Store it down in your basement or whatever. This person had a basement. Do not lie to one another. Let's go up a little bit. Verse, verse 8. Put, now put away anger and rid yourselves completely of all these things. Anger, rage, bad feeling towards others, curses and slander, foul mouth abuse and shameful utterances from your lips. Do not lie to one another, for you have stripped off the old, unregenerate self with its evil practices and have clothed yourself with new spiritual self, which is ever in process of being renewed. Ever in the process of being renewed. Think about this. Your self is ever in the process of being renewed. You need to speak to it. When you get my age, trust me, you're going to speak to your body. Start now. And remold it under fuller and more perfect knowledge upon knowledge after the image, the likeness of him who created it. Hallelujah. We are being renewed day by day. Every day. Every day. At least my Bible says I am, and I'm going to accept it. We must ask ourselves, what's holding me back? What's keeping me from doing His will? Whatever it is, get rid of it. Whatever it is, get rid of it. You don't want it. It's not worth it. Get rid of it. Don't let Satan control and dictate your destiny. Don't allow him to control your self-image. That's a big one. Don't, allow, don't let Satan control and dictate your destiny and don't allow him to control your self-image with thoughts of your past. Quit looking at the past. Everything you want or need is ahead of you. That's the cool thing. Everything we want or need is ahead of us. The rapture. It's ahead of us. It's not behind us. I don't know about you, but I get excited when I hear about the things that are 
that are lining up with the scriptures. So don't let Satan control and dictate your destiny. Don't allow him to, be, to control your self-image with thoughts of your past. Quit looking at the past. Everything you want or need is ahead of you. Today is over. What I want and need is tomorrow. Amen? See yourself the way God sees you, and you will discover that you have unlimited potential. Unlimited potential. We are overcomers in Psalms 35, 27. And we're almost done. Whitney, you can stay for this because it's not long. Psalms 35, 27. Tell yourself right now, I'm an overcomer. I am a brand new man. Old things are passed away. I've been born again. We have a right through Jesus. Let those who favor my righteous cause and have pleasure in my uprightness shout for joy and be glad and say continually, let the Lord be magnified who takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Hallelujah. Let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Yea, let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified which hath pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Servant. Servants, How many of you are saying this continually? You need to write this down. Let them say continually. Right, that's Psalms 35, 27. You have not because you asked not. He's telling you how to get it. 37, verse 4. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires and secret petitions of your heart. Verse 23, 37-23. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Glory to God. Psalms 91, 10, and 11. These are overcoming scriptures. <laughs> overcoming what? Most people have to overcome themselves. There, is no, there shall be no evil befall you, nor any plague calamity come near your tent. For he shall give his angels, that give means order his angels, special charge over you to accompany and defend and preserve you in all your ways of obedience and service. Hallelujah. He's given his angels charge over you. Thank you, Jesus. I've already read Psalms 103, 1 through 5. 107, let's go there. Remember, you're supposed to say what continually? That is right. Continually. You know, if you say that continually, those thoughts are going to run away. Ooh, man, I don't want to hear that out of their mouth. They sound too much like Jesus. 107, 19, and 20. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distresses. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. 
Hallelujah. That's, that takes care of it all. We don't need to be distressed. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. You know, God knows where we are. Now they're claiming earthquakes all over. <laughs> this is the thing. I was listening to this one person when I couldn't stand it. I had to turn it off. And he was, pro he was selling all this food. And then he was proclaiming tsunamis from the earthquakes. And I sat there and I started laughing. I'm thinking, okay. There's going to be so much flooding and tsunamis that all the food, food's going to get, come up and it's going to be drug off. I, I started laughing. It didn't, none of it makes sense. Okay, one of those, um, Psalms 3, 5, 6, and 9. Or Proverbs 3, 5, 6, and 9. Lean on trusting and be confident in the Lord with all your heart and mind and do not rely on your own insight or understanding. Do not. Rely on your own understanding. Amen? Verse 6. In all your ways, know, recognize, and acknowledge him, and he will direct and make straight and plain your paths. Verse 7, do not be wise in your own eyes. Reverently fear and worship the Lord and turn entirely away from evil. Not just partially, but entirely away. Amen. Last scripture. Proverbs um, 3, 9. Honor the Lord with your capital and sufficiency from righteous labors and the first fruits of your income. So shall your storage places be filled with plenty, and the vat shall be overflowing with new wine. Glory to God. Oh, I'm going to say that again. Is there a bucket back there, Junk? I'm going to pray over the offering tonight. Honor the Lord with your capital and sufficiency from righteous labors, and with the first fruits of your income so that your storage places shall be filled with plenty and your vat shall be overflowing with new wine. Glory to God. And that's it. Anybody have any other scriptures you'd like to share that you speak forth daily? Everybody should have one, at least. Nada, scripture. Take one I just gave. Okay, back there. Amen. Damn. A scripture. When you guys get it, spit it out, um, Mike. John. I know it's hard at first, but you know what? This is how we should be with Scripture. When the enemy comes to us, we've got to be able to quote something at him. Whatever. 
I overcome you with the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony, something. I'm not putting either of you down. I know it took you off guard. John, you have one? Amen, Pastor. What? My one that I say is Psalms 107, 19 and 20. I cry unto the Lord, and he delivered me out of all distresses, and he sent his word and healed me, and delivered me from all destructions. Anybody else? Paul, do you have one? Okay. Anybody else? Okay, say it. See how much... Keep going. Amen. Keep going. If you want to quote the whole thing, we'll wait. <laughs> yeah. What do you got, Nada? I have a whole list that I like to go through. You know, when we were at Rama, they held, handed out sheets and sheets and sheets of confessions that we meditated on. That was a big thing back there. Then wasn't back then, when you know in the 70s, where were sheets of scriptures that you learned the scripture and you learned to confess it. So you'd always have that with you. Okay. Uh, anybody need prayer tonight? Okay. Honey, you want to close? Father, we praise you and give you thanks for this time together. We thank you, Lord, the word, Father God. Send it to our hearts, Father God. We thank you, Lord, the anointing upon it, Father God. You have given us good revelation, Father God. We thank you for the privilege of hearing your word, Father God, and being a child.